Hello everyone, Dr. Chris Martinson here back with you. And as you know, I like to talk about a lot of different subjects and connect them. That's what I am. I'm a, I'm a teacher, I'm an educator, I'm a dot connector, and hopefully I leave you with insights that you can use to become more resilient and secure a better future for yourself. So today I want to talk to you about, again, where we're going economically, because I believe that the economy is going to harm far more people than COVID, even our COVID responses, as draconian and as awful as they were. The economic decline that's coming is going to hurt a lot more people. And if forewarned, is forearmed, and if you can see what's coming, then you have a chance to do something about it proactively. So let's go there right now. Uh-oh, there goes the economy. Here's my thesis. Let's talk about it. First up, I'm going to repeat this. Energy is the economy, particularly oil. You can see here on this chart that we have GDP on the y-axis heading up and across the x is oil consumption. This is across many years. It starts in 1975 on the left. This data goes through 2021, courtesy of the awesome data found at the BP Statistical Review. I hope they keep putting that out because it's an amazing uh, piece of data for us to work with. And what we see here is a straight line relationship that if you're going to have more economy, you're going to be consuming more oil. This is just in thousands of barrels. This isn't price of oil. It has nothing to do with it. It's that if you're going to have more economy, you are going to be burning more oil. Another way to look at this is, this is looking at electricity per capita. How many people you have in your country, your population, divided by, on the x-axis over there, your GDP. Again, per capita. What we can see here is very clear that, look at this, no such thing as a low-energy rich country. So, Richer countries would be arrayed along the x-axis, so you can see that curve as you get up there, Those all those blue dots, those would be considered wealthy or rich countries. And down there in the yellow, orangish dots, not so rich, not so poor countries. And so on a per capita basis, those same countries that are poor are consuming less electricity or providing less electricity per capita, and they have a lower GDP per capita. So the less energy you're using, the less prosperous you are. It's a very simple relationship, so we ought to be keeping our eyes on energy, energy, energy. This is a very critical subject. And of course, the West, by which I mean Europe, U.S., Canada, Australia, New Zealand, are busy telling themselves fantasies about how they're going to get this outcome by some means that they haven't yet fully defined yet. But Germany is at the head of that. They had their Energy VN program, big, big, big investments over many years in wind and solar and they are now struggling, which tells us that, well, however they pursued that, that didn't work. In fact, we don't have a single example of a country jumping into alternative energies and figuring out how to crack this nut, which is to provide ample, low cost, or at least competitively cost compared to other countries, because you have to trade with them, and get a high economic growth all at the same time. We, we, don't, we don't know how to, how to do that. All right, so <clears throat> no such thing as an energy-poor, rich country. Just hold on to that thought. Now, um, Jeff Snyder was asking the right question back in October of 2022, <clears throat> excuse me, about Germany in particular. One second. He said, is anybody going to operate a business in Germany or Europe this year? Electricity prices up. 130% year over year. This is in 2022. Now, electricity prices came diving right back down again, but I'll show you that was short-lived. Um, and so we asked the right question, like, like what's going to happen? 
total producer price index up over 45%, almost 45%, excluding energy, Europe's PPI is only up 13%. So you can see that energy is the driver in this story, producer price index, which leads to the CPI or the consumer price index, energy is everything in this story. It is the core of understanding what's going to happen with inflation, what's going to happen with your economy, because the higher energy costs go up, that leads to something called price rationing as a first step. A second step might be physical rationing, right? Where, oh, you only get to use X kilowatt hours, German consumer or U.S. consumer, however that story goes. So Jeff was asking the right question in October of 2022. Now, what was going to happen? That was actually a very easy question to answer. It was going to suck for Germans, Germany's uh, industries, especially the energy intensive industries. Let me get my drawing tool out here because you know how I like to have that going when we're doing this. Um, I'll use the highlighter. So here you can see it. Um, they have two things, just total industrial production in blue here. And then in red, we have the energy intensive industries and their production. So those would be things like smelting, alloy production, um, uh, making cement, glass and silica, things that require, you know, you imagine big blast furnaces and, you know, high and in heat intensive um, industries. So at any rate, when we look at the two of these, we see that the red, which is the energy intensive industries, that they are now at a worse level of production than even at the depths of COVID. So this is a very bad, very profound collapse in industrial production of nearly 20%. That's huge. One in five of these companies is now gone, gone missing, or reduced their operations uh, so severely that it re resulted in that total production. Eh, you know, it's still below 100, which was baselined, I guess, to back there 2015 or so yeah 2015 it equals 100 so they're comparing total industrial production is now lower or total production is now lower in germany than compared to 2015 obviously that's a negative growth environment but this the energy intensive businesses these are the ones that have now collapsed enormously and these are the ones this is your typical value add to go from a pile of rocks in the ground to an aluminum ingot, an alloy, beautiful magnesium alloy ingot that you can use then to make, I don't know, BMW engine blocks out of. That's where a huge amount of the value comes from. And because so much value is added there, that's where your prosperity comes from in your country. So if you want to be a prosperous nation, you have this value add chain. You are creating things and adding value every step of the way from what looks like a reddish earth all the way to a fully formed BMW that's being sold you're adding value, lots of value, each one of those steps. Now, that's what's missing now from Germany. And of course, it's missing because of the energy costs. Now, remember, I told you the electricity costs in Germany had come way down. That's true. Now they've shot way back up again. So we were talking about it back here when it was spiking and then, you know, it fell way back down again. And people said, oh, you know, it's, it's all over because, you know, they've figured out how to import LNG from the U.S. or liquefied natural gas. But look what's going here. If you want to be in the game of consuming electricity one year forward, you're, you're a business, you're an industry, you're an aluminum smelter, and you need to lock in next year's electricity so you have some and you know what the price is going to be so you can set your pricing. Look what's happened here. 
Next year's looking grim again already. Now, why is this? Well, complicated set of factors, but the, not the least of which is Germany has shot itself in both its feet. It put too much too fast into, without running appropriate pilots, I believe, too much too fast into alternative energies without understanding how are you going to store it, solving the intermittency issues. Oops, it turns out these things wear out and break down faster than we thought. Maybe we're going to have to recalculate the replacement cycles for the wind towers in particular. Uh, hey, let's ship Leopard tanks over to Ukraine and piss off the number one supplier of cheap, abundant natural gas to us, which is Russia. They didn't really solve all that. They sort of blundered into this. So this is a political disaster as much as it's a thoughtless disaster in terms of not really thinking through the complexities or the deep interdependencies of all these nested systems. They really needed to have fewer politicians in more high quality engineers. They needed people with that rational thought process who could really think through all the dependencies, all the risk factors, all of the um, things that, that, that need to be solved so that you can do something as complicated as delivering cheap, reliable electricity to an entire nation. So remember, Germany's electricity costs are gonna go up, so they're gonna be consuming less electricity because that's price rationing. People are gonna go, wow, this is, I can't afford, you know, 400 euros to keep my flat warm this winter. So I'm gonna just use less electricity. And that leads to this. Remember, there is no such thing as a rich, low energy country. Germany's been a rich, high energy country for a long time. Due to a conflagration of errors, it's about to become a lower energy country, but it's going to try and pretend as if it can be and remain a rich country, even though it's consuming a lot less electricity because price rationing is coming. Now, if you like this kind of thinking, let me just uh, take a few seconds here for shameless self-promotion. Peak Prosperity is my website community. And we are the number one online resilience community. We care a lot about just three things, giving you the appropriate context so you can understand what's going on in the world. This is what I'm providing right now. Two, connecting you with other people who see the world this way. And in the world of AI bots, you no longer know who you're talking to out there in Twitter, on Snapchat, on Instagram, right? If, they're, if you don't know them personally, good chance they're a bot these days and they're very sophisticated. So guaranteed when you come to uh, behind our paywall at peak prosperity you are only talking with real humans so you've got that authentic connection and these are real people they're very smart and oh my gosh anything you want to know about somebody in our community can help you find the answer to that and then three you got to take action so we really care about taking action that's the hardest part for many people you've got to begin becoming resilient plant a garden move out of that city if that's on your mind um, begin storing up some food, figure out new skills, work on your emotional capital because it's going to be turbulent times. Are you ready mentally, spiritually for what's coming? And one way that we also address that at Peak Prosperity is we hold every year, just once a year, here at Evie and Mice Farm, uh, this thing we call Honey Badger Gathering because this is Honey Badger Farms here. And you could come and join around 300 of your best friends or people you don't know, but they will be your best friends and get a rejuvenating, nourishing reconnection with other people and learn some awesome skills directly and spend some time in a beautiful spot. All right, back to the story. Europe uh, loses, look at this, uh, loses another smelter as energy crisis leaves deep scars. So an aluminum producer 
Spiro has shut down their German plant this year, and output of European aluminum has fallen by half during the crisis. This is Europe hemorrhaging its prosperity. This is going to leave an impact. They say, you know, leave us deep scars. You bet you some of these we're going to discover when we get over the tip of the peak oil story, we're going to find out that many of these things, once they shudder, they're gone forever. Now, if you've ever driven around and you've been to in the United States, you can see an old coal town where the coal mine shut down or an old mill town where 150 years ago, the town or city's main mill, which might have been, I don't know, a wool mill or, a, you know, some kind of a linen mill or something. When those prime industries, the prime sources of uh, prosperity shut down, those leave deep scars. You can still see those towns and cities have not recovered. They, when your main source of prosperity goes away, well, so do your best people. They wander off and there's just this inability to sort of pick up and go. It takes hundreds of years to recover from a deep insult. Like the Dark Ages, the Romans collapsed, left. It took 400 years for Europe to get off, off of its, uh, out of the rut it was in and figure out how to begin moving forward in a very constructive way. It's just, it's just how this works. So we're busy stumbling into a, a very profound energy crisis that's going to destroy prosperity. And that is going to have all kinds of downstream impacts. Now, here's uh, just to drive home this point. Mark Nelson was writing here just a few days. This was earlier in July of 2023. said, hey, I'm on my way to Leipzig and it's going to be a scorcher here in central Germany. I'm riding a fast electric train, which is awesome. Uh, Where's the power coming from? Not the local wind turbines. They're motionless. And he has a picture there of just, if you watch the video, they're just they're just parked. Um, and uh, mystery solved. 13 minutes later, as we pass one of Germany's lignite burning plants. Lignite is the lowest form of coal. It's called brown coal. When you finish burning it, you have a whole bunch of like sand and dirt mixed in. Um, it does burn, but it does not give you a lot of BTUs per ton. You have to work really hard to get your net energy out of lignite that you don't have to out of a higher quality thing like natural gas, uh, nuclear, things like that, both of which Germany has, again, these are political wounds, not engineering wounds. They shut down all of their nuclear plants and they've cut themselves off from German, from Russia's natural gas. And the result is they're burning lignite, but they put all this money into these wind towers over here. What happened? Well, this is a chart of wind power output Europe-wide across all of their, all of their wind. And here we can see this is in you know, all this is uh, how many hundreds of gigawatts here on the left. So there's 255 gigawatts of installed capacity for wind turbines. They should be pumping out 255 gigawatts on a good day. But here we can see at that time that that gentleman wrote his thing about the wind towers being stuck in Germany across all of Europe. The wind, the wind turbines were only producing 15 gigawatts. They could produce 255 theoretically but they were only actually producing 15. So what do you do? How do you make up this difference? You have to make up this difference because you can't just run without electricity. Whole societies collapse without electricity. You can't just turn off electricity to industries that are running continuous 24-7 processes, right? Um, without breaking those processes and possibly those plants. So what do you do? Well, you fire up the lignite plants and that's exactly what we're seeing here. And that's because the other options have been taken out. These are self inflicted wounds this is why i'm sending out this alert this warning saying hey we're going to have a really rough ride going forward this is um the proverbial 
elephant <clears throat> that has been shot and uh, is wounded mortally, but is still walking. It's what it looks like to me. Now, <clears throat> here we can see um, a uh, the German minister of and chambers of commerce said here. Uh, let's see, head of the association, Peter Adrian, says the unification of the German chambers of commerce and industry indicates serious instability in the German economy and does not see signs of an economic recovery in the country. Germany's in a recession. We are one of the few countries in Europe where economic indicators have again fallen below pre-pandemic levels. I showed you that chart. <clears throat> this is a wake-up call. So that's Peter Adrian head of the association and German business is trying to ignore the connection between the economic recession and the support of Kiev with weapons. So he's speaking now to the idea that it's the cutting themselves off from Russian gas was not maybe one of the smartest things they've done from an economic standpoint. And it absolutely isn't one of the smartest things they could do. It's a bad deal. And it's a particularly bad deal because this is like a one, two punch for the German businesses. Yeah, you need, you know what you need your energy. So, as I wrote in the title, it's almost as if high energy costs equals lower energy use equals a lower economy. These are the dots I'm connecting for you because few people see them. I don't know why we talk about the economy as if it's this magic thing and all it needs is just the right level of bureaucratic tinkering to get it right. And they ignore completely that no, all of that's actually fiddling at the edge of the story. The center of the story always is how much energy are you consuming and at what price? Doesn't get any simpler than that. So that's why I like to simplify these things. Now, um, <clears throat> but that was just punch one is, is getting very high electricity costs. Punch zero in this story or two, you know, I don't know where we place it, is this. This is European Central Bank interest rates. You see them plummeting. Way back there in 2008 is a consequence. Way back here. This is 2008 and nine. That's because of the great financial crisis. And then, you know, they tried to normalize for a tiny bit. Um, and so they, they actually put them up here, went up a tiny bit, tiny, tiny bit, couldn't even get them back to 1%, and then they crushed them down to zero. But this part down in yellow, this is the crime scene. They actually had negative interest rates in Europe for years, right? That started in 2015 or 14, I believe, ran all the way through to 2022. So years of negative interest rates. What even is a negative interest rate? What is it? I have to pay you to lend you money. That's a negative rate of interest. I pay you to lend you money. Like it's the mob or something. I don't know. But in banking, we don't have any historical parallel for it. And so those things shape human behaviors enormously because we're humans. You show me the incentive, I'll show you the outcome. It's that simple. What is the incentive of a negative interest rate? Where I, my money has not just no value, I work hard, I save up money, and it has no value. It has less than no value. I work and save money, and, I'm in a, and, it, and it has negative value. It's a very difficult concept because it's a stupid concept, right? Um, but that's what the ECB gave. So first, they put the rug out, and everybody has to walk on that rug because there's no way of escaping the European Central Bank when you're in Europe, right? Negative interest rates. And so that led to a lot of behaviors. It certainly drove a lot of very speculative environments. It's, it's uh, you make some stupid decisions when money has a negative value. You invest in things that really would never be invested at a 0% rate, but let alone what happens when you then pull the rug. Whoosh, that is quite the rug pull right there. Um, 
And so this is also extremely destabilizing for households, for local municipalities and government, and for businesses. It's just, it's an astonishing thing. So it's a one-two punch, very bad, horrible economic policy and horrible energy policy. It just goes to show Europe is led by morons. And I'm using that term politely uh, because it's actually worse than that. Now, in the meantime, German's uh, stock market is just like the U.S. stock market. We had this massive intervention back here in October. This uh, Just our own central bank dumped 400, that's the Federal Reserve, dumped $400 billion into the markets because stocks were going down and it didn't want stocks to go down. The Fed always and other central banks always like stocks to go up and to the right. So they did that. But what we're supposed to believe from current German stock indices, indices, and the DAX is the prime one here, is that things are as good as they've ever been in Germany. And they are not. So stocks are out to lunch. And this is something I like people to be alert to. And <clears throat> look at this over a long, longer sweep of time. You know, it's as good as ever. Here are German stocks. They've been riding this wall of central bank printing. And the central banks, they just want to keep printing. That's all they want to do. They just want to keep printing. Now, they can't because of inflation and political pressures, and so they're a little bit stuck on this. And by the way, this is a global phenomenon. These, This is a, uh, I talk about this with my subscribers at Peak Prosperity all the time. Dow Jones, large industrials. We have the S&P 500, the 500 largest companies in the U.S. You've got Japanese stocks, the Nikkei 225. You've got Euro stocks. 50 here, which is uh, 50 largest stocks in, in Europe. You got the NASDAQ technology shares um, in the US, the NASDAQ 100, and you've got the German DAX. Look at the shapes of all these things over many years. These are This is five years of history. I can't really tell them apart, you know? The Nikkei has, has a, I mean, they're all, they're pretty similar. If I gave you like a minute to study this and then I scrambled the headlines, could you tell who's who? But more importantly, could you really tell that Germany is up to its eyeballs in a in a twin uh, financing crisis through their interest rate hikes and an energy crisis? Could you tell? Could you tell that it's in a very different shape? Could you tell that there's any difference at all between large caps, larger companies in the U.S. versus Europe versus technology shares? They're all the same. This just shows that what our stock markets are now, they are liquidity gauges. All they do is they ride on a on a sea of liquidity that the central banks print and print and print and print. So the central banks want to get back to that printing because they like being in control of these things. They would never want actual authentic pricing to show up in the markets because you can't have that. It's the same thing as like, you know, why does the U.S. government want to control free speech so much? Why do they want to censor? Why do they want to shape the narrative? Why do they only want to be in control of the information narrative package? so that there's only one story out there, no matter how wrong that story is. It's because it's power and control. So if, 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 the, if the information police won't let a Twitter thread happen and unfold without inserting its thoughts and bots on that, or even a comment section under a Washington Post article, right? That whole landscape is now shot through with bots, AI bots being run by corporate interests, government interests, you name it, but they're there to shape perception. You know what shapes perception even more powerfully than a comment under a Wall Street Journal article? It's these markets here. So you think they're leaving these to their own devices? Heck no. <laughs> these are controlled uh, devices here to, uh, to shape perception and enrich insiders. 
So if you think Nancy Pelosi was just a great trader, you know, and that's how she got her, her tens and hundreds of millions of dollars, uh-uh. There's a lot of inside information flow going on. So if you're, this is just part of the matrix. This is part of how Team Elite keeps everybody complacent. Hey, look, stocks are going up. Your life is good. Even though people are having their own experience of like not being able to afford food or rent or other things like that, um, this is what it is. And by the way, that's on a five-year um, chunk. This is These are those same markets after the U.S. Consumer Price Index reading came out last week. This is um, uh, futures on Tuesday night of July 11th, 2023. And again, I can't tell any difference. So for some reason, whether you were a Euro stocks, German stocks, more particularly, you're, you're um, you know, a large cap, a small cap, a, which is, this is small caps here in Russell 2000, or you're a technology share, it didn't matter. The inflation reading, which is bogus, by the way, whole separate story there, uh, drives all this market behavior. Bizarre. And it doesn't make sense. Now, remember, there are, in conclusion here, there are no energy poor rich countries. It ju they just don't exist. No such thing as a low energy rich country. And we're seeing this play out in Germany already, right? And yet, despite that, we're not seeing any real changes in how the equity markets are busy interpreting that. But I can tell you what's coming, immiseration for the people of Germany and other places that are going to struggle with low energy availability in the future. And by the way, that's what part two of this for my subscribers is about. I'm going to take you through all the rest of the data to show how the next months and years are going to be really, really difficult because primarily of where we are in the oil story right now. Big story, really, really important. And also, I think it's going to shape Federal Reserve behavior. And that's why I'm calling part two about here's why it's the economic calm before the storm. My thoughts on why higher, much higher inflation is actually coming. And this is inflation the Fed can't do anything about. So that's what I'm going to talk about. That's what I do in the world. I'm a dot connector. But the most important part about peak prosperity, of course, is the assembled people there. Collectively, we have an amazing crew of people. I'd love to have you there. Come and join us there or check out our members edition page here at YouTube. If you're more comfortable here on YouTube, if that's where you're watching this, we have an option there as well. But whatever you do, please get the appropriate context. Surround yourself with people who understand this stuff so you don't have to fight through a wall of ignorance, right? Willful or otherwise. And then take action. Please plant a garden, safeguard your money, make sure that your wealth and you understand what wealth is, that it is appropriately arrayed against this potential future that we see coming here. And I hope you the best outcomes in all of this. Please be safe, be healthy, be prosperous. And most of all, don't let the bastards get you down. All right. Thanks, everyone. It's been great being with you. Hope to see you over at Peak Prosperity. Bye-bye.